Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All righty, gang. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us tonight. Your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hansen, with Text the Show Wednesday. You can text your fishing questions to me right now at 949-374-0786. Those of you on Spotify and Apple and Megaphone, you guys can always send your questions in the day before the show. I get them. Just text me at 949-374-0786, and I'll try to do my very best to answer your questions to the best of my ability. And remember... The really cool thing about Text the Show Thursday is we always give away a t-shirt to one lucky texter at the end of the show. Just like the shirt I'm wearing tonight, you got a chance to to win a shirt just by texting the show. You can text me a question and I'll be more than happy to answer it online while we're doing the show here tonight. I want to welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us. I know... uh, It's kind of different. We go at 12 o'clock every single day, and we've been doing it for a very, very long time. So when we change the time, it's kind of hard to get out in front of it. But I think we're going to be able to figure it out here. We're going to get going in just a couple seconds. So thank you. Hey, Justin, how are you, buddy? Everybody, thanks for joining us tonight. I think we're going to have perfect internet tonight. Mark's got the generator running. I hope it's not too loud in the background. I hope you don't hear it, but we're thinking that might have been the problem. There might have been an electrical problem here last night. They had the internet jumping back and forth. So Mark being the gearhead that he is, he thinks that he may have figured this out for us. So if there are any technical difficulties now, it's simply a satellite problem. It's no longer Mark's problem, right, Mark? That's right. Okay, he's taking full non-responsibility. All right. And then, uh... <laughs> no, that's not what you get. You do not get a free pair of those. So, gang, we got Wayne from CCA joining the show on Friday. It's going to be the show of shows. It's going to be our very best show that we've done so far because we're going to get a lot of our questions answered. You know me. I am a very controversial person, so you don't really have to worry about me asking the tough questions, and Wayne knows that. I'm going to ask the questions we're all dying to know the answers to. And also, Wayne's going to give us some phenomenal information that none of us even know about all the different things that are coming down the line that are going to affect all of us fishing here in Southern California. And those of you on the East Coast, those of you in Texas, we have a lot of viewers in Florida, a lot of viewers in Texas. This will have an effect on you also because you guys have all seen whatever California does, it seems like it bleeds across the country. No problem. It's crazy. Mark and I, we live down here in Mexico, and we have all the people that don't like what they've done to California moving down here now, 
trying to do the same thing they did in California down here. So I know you guys know what I'm talking about back east and in Florida. You guys are getting it in Texas. So pay attention to what Wayne and I have to talk about on the show. And, uh, oh, this weekend, gang, the game plan is going to be short and sweet. It's going to be stay home. It looks horrible. My son's in Lake Tahoe. That's where he lives. They've, they got a bunch of snow all day yesterday and last night. And uh, that storm is in Southern California right now. And if you look at any of the weather apps, we're in store for a whole bunch of wind again Friday, Saturday. And, and then uh, Sunday, it's going to be all torn up and ripped up. And it's not going to look very good. It's not going to look very good, gang. The The outlook does not look good for Sunday, even though the wind's not going to be blowing quite as hard as it's going to blow Friday and Saturday. It's still not going to be that nice on the water. That being said, we will have a detailed game plan for you tomorrow at 3.30 in the afternoon. And what's the weather app I use? I just got to ask that question. I like to use Windy. Windy.com is the app that I like to use. But now they've put up a paywall if you look farther than five days in advance. So we may have to go look for another weather app to search for to check out the weather. But that's the one I use forever. And before that, I used to use Buoy Weather. And they both seem to be pretty good. Windy.com has been my very favorite one to go to all the time. Yeah, good weekend to work on the boat. Absolutely. Greg, absolutely. It's a good weekend to get all the things that you need to have to be uh, to be uh, compliant with the fish and wildlife also. And Wayne will be talking more about that. And like I said, couple, I think two weeks ago, we talked about a couple of our, a couple of our members sent me messages saying, Dave, we're so glad that you told us to make sure we had a landing net because they were boarded at Catalina Fish and Rockfish. And the second thing they were, both boats, the second thing they were at, first they were asked, can I see your fishing license? Second, they were asked, can we see your landing net? Gang, that's an easy ticket that you're just giving them. And you don't think you need a landing net. You have to, by law, have a landing net on your boat. And you promised that you would when you signed your California fishing license. You said, I have a landing net on my boat. That is the rules for fishing in Southern California. Gang, this is text the show Wednesday. We usually do it during the day, but it's Wednesday night. Those of you that are new to the show on Wednesdays, I put my text number, I mean, my phone number up there. You can text me. I will do my very best to answer any question that you may have. And then at the end of the show, we'll announce one lucky texter that's going to win one of my shirts and Kelly girl will get it mailed directly to you. As soon as the show's over, you just send me your, uh, you just send me your um, address and your shirt size and we'll get that shirt mailed out to you quickly. Can you explain? Okay, we got it. And also when you text me, I don't know who you are. So make sure you leave your name. So it'll make it easier. So this is your question and you know you're listening. So just text me back your name. You may win the prize. Can you explain hook size numbers and their correlation to size, like a number one or a number one-aught? 
Okay, that's a great question. And it was very confusing for me as I was a young man growing up and trying to figure this whole thing out. When you get the size one without the slash and the O, which was a ot, when you get size one to size 16 in the regular size without the ot on it, that means as the size goes up, the hook itself gets smaller. So it goes from a number one to a size 16, which is like a fly fishing hook that you can barely see. They make them all the way to size 22, which are just, you have to have a magnifying glass even to see the hook. But when you're fishing like places like Hot Creek, up in the Sierras and places like that, I've fished many, many times with a size 22 hook, fly fishing. And then the odd sizes are at the other end. Thanks, Brett. At the other end, they're going to go from 1 to 16, and they're going to get bigger as they go up. So the regular numbers without the slash and the zero, which means ot, they go smaller as they get bigger number, and then the ot sizes get larger as they get bigger. Now, as far as measuring them or any of that stuff, I don't know the answer to that. Like I say all the time, I don't have a lot of this super duper technical stuff. But I have the important stuff that you really need to understand. Like I don't know the molecular makeup of the composite that your fishing rod was made out of. Or nor do I know the exact strength of the drag system of the reel that I use on a daily basis. Although I do know the rod that I use works. And I do know the reel that I use works but i do not know all the technical issues of it and that is never going to be my chosen field that's just not i'm going to grab a rod and reel that feels good in my hand and i'm going to go out and use it but that's how the hook thing was explained to me and that's how i explained it to all of my my members on my website so gang don't don't be shy. Send in your questions, gang. I will try to answer each and every question. And I'll do the very best that I can. So here's the thing with Wayne coming on the show, gang. If you don't know who Wayne is, Wayne is the, the director of CCA. And he is the guy that's out there fighting the fight every single day. CCA California, excuse me. CCA California. And he's out there fighting the fight every single day. So we all get to go fish out in the ocean when we go fishing. Also, this new 30 by 30 thing that's coming down the pipe, they are going to close freshwater too. So Wayne's super involved in the ocean and the lakes and the streams. So now it's super, it's getting really scary. Because those of you that like to fish in the Sierras, I got your question here, Dave Hill, and we'll answer it in just a second. Gang, don't forget, text the show. You're going to win a free shirt. Somebody, I'm giving a free shirt away. All you got to do is ask me a question about fishing. But did read this thing, the 30 by 30 area, no fishing. This is going to be on top of the RA is the MLPAs, the MBAs. This is going to be extra on top of that. I believe that number 16% in the ocean and that's 30% on land is brand new. That's never been, ever been a thing. But now they, now they want our 
Now they want our streams and our lakes and they want the Sierras and they want the, the lakes that we all enjoy going fishing. And like I say all the time, the basically what they want to do in the state of California is make you stay inside your house. You're not allowed to go outside and enjoy yourself at all. And if you have a suntan, they're, they're not going to like that. They're not going to be happy with that. And they're going to keep on keeping on until you can't get tan anymore. They're going to make sure that you don't go outside. So Dave Hill asks, when you're fishing down here in Mexico, can you bring back any groupers? Well, yes, you have to declare that you are fishing in Mexico. Just like a lot of times at the airport, a lot of people don't understand this, and they bring ice chests back, coolers full of fish. Gang, I would hate to it to be the day when the fish and wildlife shows up at the airport because mark you had a charter business forever how'd you guys get around that because you're bringing fish to the airport in orange county from cabo doesn't have any skin patches on it there's no ability to know what it is how how do you get around that have your mexican fishing license with you have your mexican fishing license with you mark ran a very successful charter boat business down here. So that's the best advice I can give you, Dave. And that's coming straight from Mark from Gen Ren Sport Fishing. He ran a very, very successful operation down here in Mexico for a very long time. So I would be, I don't even know what would happen, Dave. I don't know. If you go on a sport boat, I know they declare that they've been in Mexican waters and they can bring back black sea bass and they can bring back tail groupers and they can bring that stuff back because they declare but as far as getting on the airplane i don't know that's a that's a diff that's a different animal it's it's hard to say because the fish and wildlife when they show up they kind of can make the rules whatever they want them to be you're kind of like okay i don't even i wouldn't even know what to do because it's, i've never been asked that question and i don't think we've ever seen them at the orange county airport when your ice chest comes down the, sh that would be crazy though. They could though. They, they, I guess they could. Your they Mexican could. fishing license has all the regulations on it. And so there you go. The Mexican fishing license has all the regulations on it. So that maybe would be the way around it. Dave Hill. I just, let's just both hope that that never happens. Okay. Greg has a question. Do you know if the San Diego bait receivers have anchovies? That'll be part of I haven't made the phone calls yet. I put together the game plan tomorrow, and I'll try to get it out by 3.30, and I'll make all the phone calls. Really, to be perfectly honest with you, Greg, Mark and I have been out fishing for the last two days hard from early, early in the morning until that's why we're doing the show at 6. So I haven't even talked to any of my contacts, and I don't really know. All I know is I looked at a wet, the windy.com before we went live here to see – what it was going to be like this weekend and it looks like it's not going to be a lot of fun it's going to be okay on the beaches down in san diego area probably from uh, la to san diego on the inside there it looks like it's going to be 10 12 knots of wind all day saturday and then on sunday it looks like that wind backs off but let's hope that they have some anchovies down there in san diego it sure what sure does make it funner and i like it when it's funner it would have been nice if it was funner today, huh, Mark? Sure would have. But we sure fished our butts off. But I think between the two of us, I think we had like seven or eight bites all day. And we fished hard all day. 
it was kind of tough down here. But I did catch four of the most unbelievable fish down here. I caught four bonefish today. Crazy. I don't know how I did it, but I caught four bonefish today. All right, Dan and Kim want to know, why is that everyone blocks out their CF numbers when showing photos of their boat? Is there really something to worry about? Well, yes, that's a good question. And my wife, Kelly girl, sold boats for a very long time. When that CF number comes on, they can look it up, Dan and Kim, and they can know your address. They can know exactly who you are and they can get your address and you don't want people knowing your address. It's just like when you show your ID on the internet, you don't want to show your address on there. You show your name. So that's why that CF number is such a critical thing to hide because you really don't want people showing up at your front door going, hey, I'm sorry I had a boat for sale online. Bring me my kids over and we're going to go for a ride. And your boat's not even at your house. So they know the family's going out fishing. Nobody's home. And yeah, that's another good one. Mark's brought up a good subject, Mark. Our uh, Dan, our Kim, when you go out fishing, let's just say you're posted, you went out fishing. Now they know you're not there. Now the people that want to take the stuff that belongs to you, they're going to show up at your house. And they won't get prosecuted because it's in California, but they'll show up at your house and get some of your stuff and it'll be okay because it's okay because they deserve it. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I did. All right, John Rowe. Hey, buddy. How are you? If I wanted to target sheephead, are there any hot spots on Catalina or off of Long Beach? John Rowe, I have the downtown most bitchiness sheephead spot. And I will more, I will, when we're done, I will call you and we'll talk about it. It is downtown sheephead town and it's so fun. And I got the, I got the recipe for how to do it. And if you go and you do it the way I say, you're going to have a phenomenal day. You're going to catch more sheep in than you've ever caught in your life. So yes. And as far as off of Long Beach, pretty much all the rocks and all the structure on Southern California are just loaded with sheephead. But the number one thing people do is they don't fish proper. They don't present their bait proper. They don't chop it up. They don't chum. They don't do all the things we talk about doing at the, the artificial reefs. Like my good friend John Stanley and his wife Tina do all the time. They go fish those artificial reefs and they're always catching sheephead and stuff. The artificial reefs are loaded. But most people fish way too big a hook, way too heavy a line. Way too big of a bait. And if you've even if you've ever seen a 10-pound sheephead, their mouth does not open that wide. So you're going to want to use a smaller hook, thin wire, small weight, strip of squid that they can actually suck into their mouth. Or ghost shrimp works phenomenal. Mussels, clams, all that kind of stuff that sheephead are notorious for eating. That's why they have those big teeth to smash those shells and get inside of them and get all that good stuff out. So, yeah, there's some pretty cool places. Are you still able to survive with these new rules California had put on the commercial fish fleet? Eddie, it is getting harder and harder to make a living fishing in the great state of California as far as commercial fishing or as a uh, sport boat operator or charter boat captain. The number one thing that saved us the last few years is the offshore fishery. 
because we've had phenomenal dorado. We ha- last year we had the best dorado fishing we've ever seen in Southern California in the short period I've been here fishing for a living. And I've only been fishing for a living for 48 years. So I know there's people out there that have seen it way better. And then the bluefin thing has really saved the industry, but they have taken humongous pieces of the Southern California coastline and Northern California and Central California coastline away from us fishermen. And then the regulations. Yeah. Now they took away the salmon this year from everybody, recreational and commercial. That was a giant blow. And now this, which is the craziest thing ever, because they used the fact that we hadn't had any water in so long. So we hadn't had a good salmon run in so long. Well, now we just had a record amount of snow that we've never had before. You're going to see a salmon run like we haven't seen in a very, very long time and we can't fish for them. And to think that they think that us with the fishing pole are the ones that, uh, have an effect on them. And then the commercial guys, I, I, I'm on your side. Like my father used to tell me all the time, we all work together in this thing. So we stand side, side by side with the commercial fishermen. My dad was a big advocate of that because of the fact that we all need to be together on this thing. And I don't think it was a good idea to close it down completely. I think you could have maybe shortened the season up a little bit done something like that but just to destroy the the industry and just say that's that you guys can't have any salmon and no one can make a living and all those families are out their income no i think that was a horrible thing eddie and i don't know how with these new regulations that are coming down the pipe that's why it's going to be so important to listen to what wayne has to say about this 30 by 30 thing that they are shoveling down our throat right now this is a big big obstacle again for the state of california as far as fishing commercial or fishing recreational, it's going to be devastating. And we need to stay on top of that. And hopefully we can at least have a voice at the table is what CCA is allowing us to do. So if you're not a member of CCA gang, it's crucial to make sure that you become a member or really you have nothing to complain about. If you're not going to try to help, The only thing that keeps CCA going and the only way that we can keep Wayne at that table fighting so that we maybe we can have a seat at the table is it's going to take a little bit of everybody's money. And we all pitch in a little bit. That'll keep Wayne and and his staff and everybody working. They're not getting paid an exorbitant amount of money. But, yeah, they still got to eat while they're out there fighting that fight. So, yeah, we got to do something. Because all they want to do is close fishing. Outside special interests are the thing. The people that don't even live in our great state, don't have anything to do with our great state, are once again pushing their agenda on the state of California. And this one thing, Eddie, that you're not even going to believe is this windmills that they're going to build off of Morro Bay and off of uh, Central and Northern California. These windmills are absolutely going to devastate fishing, and they're going to kill a phenomenal amount of marine mammals, and they're going to kill an epic amount of seabirds. Can you imagine, let's just say, a flock of cormorants. Let's just say a couple hundred cormorants are flying from San Diego to go up to San Francisco for the day to have lunch. 
and they're flying along and they come across these windmills that are 23 miles off the beach in Morro Bay. They've never seen a windmill on the ocean. And what those windmills do is they actually pull the air. So that wind's blowing and all of a sudden they go by the windmill and that wind all of a sudden went really fast and they couldn't keep up with it. And every one of those birds got sucked through those windmills. Now what? All those birds are dead. But we're creating green energy. That's pretty amazing, right? It's, when Mark and I were young and we grew up, it was all about saving the whales and saving the birds. And remember the pelicans were under from the DDT poisoning and the bald eagles. Well, now we don't care about any of those. Did you know that? Now we don't care about any of them. All that matters is that we build these windmills out in the ocean because that's going to save everything. That is the biggest lie ever put on to us. It's just absolutely amazing that this just keeps going on and on and on. And that's why it's so important to have someone like CCA at the table so we get the facts and we get the... Knowledge is key here, gang. And if we can spread around what's going on, if you can share with enough people these windmills, for instance, are this 30 by 30, are these special interest groups that want to shut down fishing, commercial, and sport, just so we all know where we are at the table. And that's why CCA is so important. Okay, so we got another question. And this one comes from Brian. Are the Coronado Islands generally active during August? If we're fishing from a sport boat, do all the guys need a passport? Listen, gang, if you're fishing down there in the Coronado Islands, it's a, it's a, it's become a, uh, a biosphere. So you have to have the biosphere bracelet. You have to have the Mexican fishing license. You have to have the Mexican tourist card, and you have to have your passport. Those are the four things you must have if you're fishing there. Now, if you go on a sport boat, you go down to San Diego, those things are included in the price if they're going to fish the Coronados. But here's the thing that my friend that owns the San Diego, Ryan Boston, said, more, more than 50% of the population of the United States doesn't have a passport. It's 2023, gang. How do you not have a passport? That is ridiculous. If you don't have a passport and you're watching this show, are you out of your ever-loving mind? Go get a passport. You guys are missing out. Come to Mexico. It's safe down here. We actually prosecute people. There's no crime, right? No. We don't have any crime. Our fishing rods are sitting outside the motorhome. Mark's keys are in his car. If you happen to get go down to his house, his keys are in his car. You go to my house, my keys are in my car, sitting in the driveway at our houses. Don't listen to the media. Get your passport and go have fun. But yes, if you're going to fish the Coronados, Brian, you must have those four things. Now, the sport boat you go on, the only thing there, it's all included in their price, but you got to have your passport. And if you don't have a passport, gang, what? Are you kidding me? Wake up. Get your passport. Come on. What? And the, oh, I'm never going out of this country. Really? <laughs> hey, Stevie, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks for being a part of. 
Thanks for hanging out, listening to my nonsense all the time. I try as much as I can. What is a CF number, Dustin? The CF number is the identification number that goes on your boat if your boat is not documented. If your boat is documented, you do not have to have a CF number. But a CF number allows law enforcement to identify your boat. It's just like having a license plate on your car. That's what the CF number is, just like a license plate. And most boats have them on the bow. Okay, so let's go. Another question. Question from Kim. Do I tip the fuel dock attendants or only when they clean my windows and check my... Uh, that's a good one. I personally... We're on a big yacht. Yeah, we give them a tip because they're taking care of us. They're making sure we got plenty of absorbance. They're making sure we have... They're watching. They're filling up the boat, making sure we're not causing a spill. They're doing all the different things that are required... So, yeah, I kind of give them a little tip. I do, especially down here in Mexico. And when I was up in Southern California, we'd give them a little tip or we'd take the guys fishing once in a while. We'd do cool stuff, give them fish, do all kinds of cool things for them. But, yeah, it doesn't hurt to give them a couple bucks. Most people, no, they don't. And they don't even know and, and they don't think it's a thing. And that's okay. You're just asking me what I do. And, yeah, I try to keep it, try to keep it real, try to keep it cool and try to – I made my living off of tips my whole life. So, yeah, I believe to get what comes around goes around. And I think it's important to just let them know. Now, if the guy at the field docks a complete booger eater and he treats you like like trash. I'm not giving him a penny. And I'm and they're not re, you're not required to tip them. You're not it's like you're not required to tip the bait barge attendant. But boy, does it help. Okay. Angel's here and he wants to know what's my opinion on either using straight braid to floral versus braid with the top shot of mono is one better. Okay. That's a great question, Angel. And I, and I know you're a member of the website and I thank you very, very much because you're allowing me to open that up. My website gang, I have all kinds of videos on what I do and how I do it. And I fish straight braid. As a matter of fact, I just took my reels off my rods because I'm done. We're going to drive home in the morning. This is my reel filled to the top with braided line. This is my leader I was using today. That's how long it is. That's my piece of floral carbon. That's how long it is. This is the reel I was fishing with for the last two days. This is a piece of 50 pound floral carbon. That's how long it is. What is that? The length of my arm. I don't know, 18 inches of floral carbon straight to 65-pound braid. That's how I rig up all mine because my rods that I fish with are nine feet long. And I'm going to, and I'm going to uh, make sure that the tip of my rod, the first eight to 12 inches is super, super soft. So when I set the hook, I'm using braid and floral. There's no stretch. So when I set the hook, I'm not snapping that line off. So I'm using a little softer tip on the first 8 to 10 inches of my rod. And then, uh, yeah, I use straight braid to floral carbon. And for years and years and years, I used to always say, there's no reason 
to use fluorocarbon. You can use monofilament. It'll be just fine. But then I started fishing in these mangroves and I started fishing in the kelp, learned how the fluorocarbon is so abrasion resistant compared to monofilament. I fished in the mangroves for the last two days with all the oysters and everything. I just ran my finger over my piece of floral. I don't even feel any abrasion on there. That's the key to that floral carbon. And then the fact that it's invisible. And like I always say, I don't use any colored floral carbon. I use straight, clear floral carbon. And then the braid I use matters what color it is. I use that fluorescent green on that reel just because I had a spool of it at my house. My other reel, if I can get it here, it should be right here, is filled with white. Why? Because I had some white in the closet too. Uh, it's here in the bag somewhere. I'll look for it later. But the other reel is filled with white braid. I don't think the color of the braid matters unless you think it does. Then if you think it matters, then it absolutely matters. Okay. But other than that, it doesn't. And I, and I don't, I don't put that monofilament on there unless we're trolling. Now, if we're going to be trolling for marlin or tuna, or uh, wahoo or whatever we're trolling for down here or up there, I'm going to put that top shot of monofilament on maybe 50 yards, just because when we're trolling, it's going to give me a little bit of shock resistance. It's going to give me a little bit of that shock resistance when that fish first bites it. But when we're f flying the kite, I'm using a straight 200-pound brake connected to 400-pound fluorocarbon with my um, flying fish on the 400 pound because the line doesn't touch the water and you don't need that shock resistance because when it snaps that line out of the kite clip, you have a big, long piece of line flying into the water that takes away that shock resistance. And when it gets to the tip of the rod, it's game on. Yes, you can call me after the show, whoever you are. It just says Facebook user. But yeah, I got no problem with that. Call me anytime. I, I like you can ask all my, all my members. I answer the phone for every one of my 4,000 members. I have no problem talking to you. I love fishing. I love talking about tip fishing. Should I be tipping Nacho? Listen, if you ever watch my videos, the bait guys are the most important people on the boat. Well, every time you look into the bait tank, <clears throat> you see the bait barge guy's face. So I have a whole show. I do probably five shows a year all about tipping the bait barge guys. I have videos floating around on every piece of social media all about tipping the bait barge attendants. They work long hours. They work hard and they take good care of us when we pull up to the bait barge. So I'm a big proponent of tipping the bait barge attendant if you pull up to the bait barge and the person on the bait barge treats you horrible i don't tip anybody that treats me horrible ever then so, i'll just leave that right where it lays mike proctor my old partner my old we used to run together hard on the wild and sack we used to fish together hard we've killed a lot of fish together mike when fishing rockfish in 250 to 300 feet of water, a soft tip rod or a stiff rod, circle hooks or J-hooks. I prefer, Mike, to use J-hooks when it's me fishing 
when it's my client, my, my clients fishing with me on the boat, I like to use circle hooks because by the time they feel the bite, they don't know that the fish is there. When you're using the circle hook, you feel the bite. You just start turning the handle. You have a fish. When I'm fishing, I like to set the hook. That's the whole reason why I'm fishing. So I like a softer tipped rod, even when I'm rockfish fishing, a little bit softer tip. Drag as tight as I can make it. I can't make it tight enough when I'm rockfish fishing. Drag as tight as I can make it. And then when I feel that tap, 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 bite, three, 250, 300 feet down, click it in gear, take two or three cranks, set the hook once, one quick jerk, and then keep winding and never stop winding. Never stop winding when you are rockfish fishing. Once you set the hook, wind. Because there's only two things that could have happened. Either you hooked the fish or you didn't hook the fish. If you've ever seen a fish, they kind of look like a football. When you set the hook on them, they're moving through the water, headed straight up the line. As they're headed up there and you're standing there going, did I get a bite? I don't know. I don't know. The whole time you're standing there trying to figure it out, that fish is shaking his head and swimming straight up because remember you just jerked on him. But if you jerk and wind, then you took all the slack out and why he's shaking his head, he can't get off the hook. Never just jerk and stand there and go, did I get him? Well, you won't know unless you turn the handle. Randall, turn the crank, Hank. I am just trying to tell you. Gang, if you enjoy my show, thank you, Mike Lewis. Gang, if you enjoy my show, and I do this every single day, Monday through Friday, show your love by leaving me some stars on Facebook. Or you can always, on YouTube, you can Venmo me or Zell me. But on, I mean, on YouTube, you can Venmo me or Zell me. But on Facebook, they've made it super convenient. You just leave some stars. I have quite a few guys. And quite a few girls that leave the stars every single show. Mike Lewis, you've been doing it for over a year. Dan and Kim, Scott, Augie, every single one of you that leave me stars every single day. I appreciate each and every one of you like you can't even believe. And those of you that watch my show and keep my algorithm headed in the right direction. Oh my gosh, I thank you all. So, so much. I cannot believe all the things. 64 weeks straight, Mike Lewis. You're incredible. You are absolutely an incredible human being. And I thank you very, very much. Gang, if you have not downloaded my app yet, what are you waiting for? I built you guys an app so that you can have access to all 400 plus videos that we have of how to fish in Southern California. And I... A lot of these videos will help you fish wherever you are. You can use them in Florida. You can use them in Alaska. You can use them in Baja. You can use them in Mag Bay. You can use them anywhere you fish. A lot of the stuff pertains to just fish. Remember, fish are dumb. So don't think, well, this is guys from Southern California. I don't need You'd be very surprised. You download the app, you're going to have access to all those. Plus, the really cool thing, and a lot of you are on other websites, and it's filth and garbage on there when you post something. You get attacked. You get ridiculed. If you ask a simple question, you have 30 people that have never fished before just totally beaten up on you. And we all know those websites. But on our my website, your Saltwater Guide, we have a huge community of people. 
that are sharing everything they do and asking simple questions and getting very, very simple responses with zero negativity. That alone right there is worth the price of admission, I think. If you're into fishing and you want more information and you like to share, you're going to love the community section. But once again, gang, don't forget the stars here on Facebook. It's a big thing. Kelly and I and Marley, our rescue monkey and our rescue cats, we all appreciate the stars like you can't even believe. It just makes our day, day in and day out, seeing all these stars come in from everybody. It's just so nice and refreshing to know that people actually appreciate me doing this show every day. And yesterday, even though the show was breaking up, we still had 2,000 views on Facebook alone on a live show. That's pretty darn good. And we go live Monday through Friday, so that's pretty cool, and I appreciate all of you. Kristen, John's wife, would you like to know what the best excuse to blow off family to go fishing is? Absolutely. That We all want to know that one. I would love to be able to use that all the time when I'm going to ask Kelly if it's okay if I could go fishing. So, yeah, let me know. Give, give us the key. Give us the answer. What are the two? This is from Blake. What are the two rig setups you always have on the boat when inshore fishing? Oh, you're asking me, Kristen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you had the answer. Oh, my goodness. We'll get back to that in a second. The two rigs I always have is I have a I inshore fish. That's my deal. I always inshore fish. That's what I, if I'm going fishing, I'm inshore fishing. And I have two nine foot rods. I have one with 65 pound braid and I have one with 40 pound braid. And then I change my top shots on the 65. I put like 80 or 50 on there. And on the 40, I'll put 20 to, to 50 pound on it depending on what I'm fishing for, fly lining in the kelp or whatever we're doing, and to match the bait, match the hatch. But I have two rods and two two reels all the time, and both of them are exactly the same. They're both nine foot. They both have the Tesoro series reels on them, just like the one I was showing you a minute ago. Oh. Yeah, this Tesoro right here, Star Drag. I love the Star Drag. Because these are the easiest reels to cast, unless you have a spinning reel and you're not fluent on casting the conventional reel. But I got the Tesoro 10 and the Tesoro 5. These are my go-to reels, the Star Drag, because it makes it super easy to cast. Plus, it's very lightweight compared to a, a lever drag, which is heavier. Plus, the, the bearings are in the spool on the lever drag, and the bearings are in in the uh, frame on the star drag. So it makes it the spools that much smoother. And if I screwed that up and said it wrong, I apologize. But star drag is going to cast way farther. It's much lighter and I'm using it all day in my hands. That's what I'm going to have on the boat every single time. Two though. Why two? Because one's got going to break. The rod's going to fall over. One of the guides are going to chip. One of the reels are going to quit working. That's why I have two with me all the time. And I can just change out the uh, top shots on them. 
Okay. Hey, Captain Dave. This is from Tom. Just wondering if you have much experience with plastic swim baits. Just moved out by Huntington Harbor and wondering the best retrieve method using plastics for spotties. Thanks in advance. I've spent half the day today fishing plastics. I love fishing plastics when they're not eating bait. I'm a bait guy. Today, all we could catch for bait were mullet. And so we fished for some grouper with the mullet. They weren't biting. The weather's just garbage down here right now. We got a lot of wind, a lot of rain. It's been just garbage. But um, I like to fish the plastics. And the way I do it, Tom, when I'm fishing for spotties, they, they stay on the bottom. They kind of walk around on the bottom with their peck fins. So they're staying right on the bottom. So I always constantly am making sure that I have contact with the bottom. And I do a very, very slow retrieve. And then I'm going to always match the hatch. I'm going to use small. When I'm fishing spotties, I'm using small plastics. I love the the uh, MC swim baits that Corey Sandin makes. I love those. I, I use them a lot. I like the paddle tail because I just like, for me, I think it matters that you have a little paddle tail making that swishing back and forth. That's going to bring a reaction bite. And I love fishing plastics. And I fish plastics as good as anybody. But my passion's bait. I'm a bait guy. I love bait. But yeah, I can fish plastics right alongside anybody. And uh, it's all about the retrieval. And inside, inside the Huntington Harbor, a lot of those fish are right around the pilings. Those pilings are the best structure. So if you're going to fish, I don't know how you get to fish in the in the bay if you're fishing float tube or you're fishing kayak or if you're fishing on a boat. But I would always approach it and I'm going to start from one end and work down as far as I can during the day to the other end, hitting each piling, casting so that I can bring my plastic so it's going to almost make contact with each piling because i believe that those spotties are setting on the pilings right there on the bottom maybe on the, when the tide's going out they're on the inward side and when the tide's going in they're on the outward side and they shift back and forth as the tide moves and that is how i'm going to approach fish and spotties inside of any harbor i'm going to focus on the pilings because they're easy to see Especially if I don't know the harbor that well, I know I can see the pilings and I know I can see the docks and the boats with a lot of growth on the bottom. So ones that haven't been taken care of, you know, they haven't moved. They probably have a whole family of spotted bay bass living underneath them. So that's another targeted area. So hopefully that answered your question, Tom. Jack, how you been, buddy? Been out filming, I hope. Filming some stuff. Can I leave bait in my Promar Bait Motel at Catalina overnight off my boat or will the sea lions attack it? The really cool thing is that nine out of ten times the sea lions don't understand that bait motel. There's going to be that time where they're going to attack it, but I would say more than likely they're not going to attack it because you're going to leave it tied to the side of your boat. All your lights are going to be off. You're not going to be trying to make catch squid you're not gonna have your squid lights on there's so many boats at catalina that don't have 
any reason for the sea lions to come by and attack their bait because the lights are off, they're sleeping. So I think the boat bait motel would work very, very well on that. YouTube, look at the Promar bait motel. I made a really cool video series for Promar all about telling you can see what Jack's talking about. And no, Hawaii sucked, Jack, because we got there and then my son dropped a bomb on us and said he had to get back to work. So my two-week vacation with my beautiful wife who had never been to Hawaii was four whole days and I got to pay for our uh, house. I got to pay for our cars. I got to pay for all the tours and all the other things for two weeks and we were there for four whole days. So no, Hawaii sucked. But the two day, the four days we were there, it rained two of them and then the other two days were pretty spectacular. We had a nice time for two whole days. So I'm sorry, I'm just putting it out there. So Christian, I'm going to go back to your original question. The way, <laughs> the way I used to approach it when I was a bad, bad, bad man is I would just say I was going to work. I would put my rods and reels in the car and I would just say I'm going to work and then I'd just go fishing. That was, I was a bad man. I don't think there's really, if your wife's not into it, and you're into it, Krista, so you and John, you're going fishing no matter what. If you guys have spare time, you're going fishing and the kids are into it. You guys have it made because you both like to fish. But as far as people that their spouse doesn't like to fish, it's probably because you didn't make it good for them when they went fishing with you. You brought them out there and you don't know what you're doing. They caught no fish. You left them out there. They got seasick and you ruined that whole experience for them. So that one's back on you. You should have made it cool. You should have watched my videos so you would have known how to take your spouse fishing and then you wouldn't have ever lost them and they'd be fishing with you today like Kristen and John, Kristen and John are doing all the time. And I love all the content you give us and put on the website. And thank you very, very much for all of that. And it, you guys have been great members. You feel like family. It was good seeing you at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. And thank you for all you do to help Kelly and I and everybody that helps us all the time with everything we do. All of you. I really appreciate you. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. Mark, guess what we're having for dinner here in Mark's beautiful motorhome tonight? We're having lobster. We got a whole bunch of lobsters just accidentally i know it's out of season and i know that they're probably not big enough but we accidentally just found them they were just we found them i don't know how but we're gonna have lobsters dinner and chicken they're still in season oh they're still in season here okay yeah we're in mexico what was i thinking go check out my website go download my app right now Right there, that QR code will take you straight to my app. You'll get it. You'll be blown away. You'll love it. I promise I won't let you down. I answer everybody's calls. Don't miss the show. Don't miss the CCA show. Don't miss Wayne on Friday. It's going to be great, gang. And we'll try to get to your questions during the show. And if you have some really burning questions that need an answer, we will try to get to them. I have no idea how long our show's going to run. Wayne has a phenomenal amount of information to share with us, but he also has a phenomenal amount of fighting to do. So we're going to, I told him an hour, it'll probably go a little bit over. We'll do the very best we can, but
but CCA is our only voice at the table. Gang, it's the only voice we got at the table. We got to have a voice at the table. We need knowledge. Knowledge is king. So uh, make sure you take care of that and be at that show. And everybody that sent in text messages, everybody, thank you very, very much. I really appreciated it. It helped the show the show flow along real well. And I can't be happier. And Mike Lewis, I'm giving you another shirt. Okay? Today. That was a great question. Making sure that everybody sends in the stars. I'm sorry. Those of you that thought you were going to win. Mike Lewis, you win another shirt. Thank you very, very much. Kelly Girl. Artie, I think, has your address. But just make sure you send it to me. One more time, we'll get that shirt out to you. Gang, thanks for watching the show. I'm going to go eat some of these phenomenal lobsters. Oh, thank you very much, and I'll see you all tomorrow. We'll be doing the show on the road. We're going to stop on the side of the road in the middle of Baja, somewhere between Lopez Mateos and Cabo San Lucas, and do the show at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time tomorrow. Kelly Girl will not be on the show because she's not here in the motorhome with Mark and I. So it'll just be Mark and I, and then it'll just kind of be boring, but we'll try to make it fun, and it'll be text the show. You can ask us any questions you want again tomorrow. Those of you on Spotify and Apple and Megaphone, thank you very much. The viewer, or the listenership is just exploding. I cannot believe how many people are enjoying this. So thank you very much, and we're trying to put together some good guests. Oh, yeah, Tuesday of next week, we're going to have the captain. The operator of the freelance, because it's the only day off that they'll give them. They won't give them a Friday off to be on the show. So the captain of the freelance, Rusty Padilla. Or is that how you pronounce your last name, Rusty? Rusty will be with us on Tuesday, doing our podcast on Tuesday. And he's got a new boat, new charter boat. Him and Mike from the uh, Western Pride and Mitch bought a charter boat and they're running it out of Newport, our Davies Locker. So we're going to talk to them about that. And we're going to talk to Rusty about all the cool things he's doing on the freelance. So that should be a phenomenal show for any of you that like to fish on sport boats or that you want to know the inside information on sport boats. We have a sport boat captain joining us on Tuesday. Rusty will be on the show Tuesday. Him and I will be talking. And uh, if you got any good questions for that, but please don't miss the show on Friday with Wayne. It's going to be awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Turn off the news or all lying.